Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi, everyone. It's Allie Valentin here, and I'm here to let you know that the conversation you're about to listen to came from a live Q&A session on Chris's social media accounts. I hope you enjoy. We are live. We are. My goodness, it's been a minute. I know. I was on a staycation. You were on a staycation. Kathy and I, we were on a staycation. That's what do you, you do on your staycation? Stay, vacation. Yes, staycation. Yeah, it's where you, you go home and get away from people. So you just were isolated. People. <laughs> isolated <laughs> on your <laughs> island. <laughs> it didn't really work out quite like that. But after you know graduating, I don't know how many students graduate, like 2,000 students, including online, I was uh-huh. like hugged out. I, I hugged. Love- Seriously, I jumped. I bumped into a revival group pastor a couple days after graduation, and I just asked, "Oh, how was graduation week?" And she was like, "Well, I have a cramp in the side of my neck still from how many hugs I had to give out last totally. week." it was crazy. It's just so many. My suits smell like like fifty All different, different per- perfumes, and, and there clothes. was like there's exactly there's makeup on my. On right. both both sides of my coats. You're yeah. telling girls they look handsome. You're <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've only said exactly. it so many times it today. Was, it was it was bad, but oh my goodness! Yeah. Graduations are they're they're long. They're, they're, they're I, I know. I'm not too good at at you know kind of ritual stuff, but but we did it. We got it done, and we knighted a bunch of people. It was you fun. Gave a charge. Gave did you a give charge. a charge every year? Yeah, you a charge. Charge. I, I like doing that part. You know, it's only like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's short. Fun. Yeah, it's cool. You guys, BSSM, if you haven't done it, you yeah, should. Change yeah, your life. Yeah, a good way, a plug mm-hmm. for BSSM. Like, we... Change my we life. Have, this year, we have room for 800 students. 800 oh. first-year students. So, it's cool because, you know, usually, like, you know, right before COVID, we fill up so fast. I was going to say, my class was huge. Yeah, and now we're... Starting to get that way too. So we'd love to see you come to BSSM. Yeah, it's changed your life. I think one. Uh, let's see how many grandkids. I have. I have four grandkids now. That have gone through BSSM or, or going, gone going or to. going. Yeah, and then plus my plus your in law. Great. <laughs> no, great. His no, greatest great. granddaughter. No, 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 is what he no. was going to say his you most favorite. You are my granddaughter. You're my granddaughter-in-law. <laughs> that's so weird. Whatever. I know. I, yeah, that's complicated. And you, you've been through there. And I did. It's, it's so fun. Changed my life. Changed your life. It did. So, well, we're glad you joined us. We started just a few minutes early because we haven't been on for so long. We thought, well, maybe we'll get an extra 10 minutes in. And, that's what I'm just saying. And, yeah, that's, we're getting down with it now. Um, so today, we're similarly going to answer some questions in yeah. a moment. So if you guys have some questions that are just put them in there yeah put them in there we're gonna do our best to get to those i stirred the bees to he stirred the pot so we're gonna just settle a few things i know you're all a bit (laughs) concerned (laughs) so we're gonna talk about well really your latest post that you shared on noble resistance yeah I want to just address that a little bit. Yeah, let's do that because we've been getting a bunch of questions about it. Yeah, like what are you, you know what happens when you do a whole <laughs> message and then you post like one. It's like when someone takes a st- thirty seconds <laughs> clip of your two-hour-long teaching like, and you're like, "What is he doing? He wants an uprising. He yep. wants to create a riot. You know, causes a bit of uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, stirs the pot yes. to say the least. We want to yeah, we have a coup. Turn you know. Oh my goodness. No. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be my style at all. 
No, well, I see someone's on the right track because they're asking, how do you deal with spiritual warfare? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of what you were saying in response to this post. You're like, no, I'm not necessarily talking about people. Like, I'm talking about spiritual warfare. Think that way. Yeah. Like, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood, right? Yeah. So maybe you could just clarify a well, little bit. Well, I, I, wanna, I think there was two things I was trying to do that kind of, they get homogenized in it. There's a fine line. And I think that people are asking honest questions about that. I even have it in my own spirit too, mm, because you know I do think that you know. On, first of all, this message emerged from me talking to men at a men's meeting oh, on okay. Saturday. Okay. And so I was saying to the men that they are the protectors of their home. You know, and I obviously was talking about first spiritually because uh, there there are amber alerts often going off in our homes spiritually with our children. Hmm. And you know, missing children. There are missing, we're missing children. I mean, they are in the house, but they are actually missing. Because mm. they're not being. Cared they're they're for. not being fathered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, and we're like, nobody could. You know, I'm a noble man. No one's ever going to break in this house and take out my kids without me. You know, confronting me. And then I'm like, yeah, and you're doing nothing to protect your children. Like mm. maybe you got a problem with porn, and you've opened up. You know this this porthole into the demonic realm by you know ripping a hole in your umbrella so to speak your covering mm, yeah and you know you're all macho about how brave you are to protect your physical family and not realizing that you've actually you've actually created this real spiritual dynamic that's, yeah, that's totally unhealthy yeah. yeah but also i was also talking to the men so this is the chronology of how this went down yeah. i'm also talking about the men about being men Mm. about the fact that there should be a protector in this family there yes. should be uh you know there should be a loyal noble man mm -hmm. who does resist the evil of of world influence into their family whether it comes through the spirit realm in other words we'll call it the invisible mm -hmm. or it comes from the spirit realm that's visible like yeah. it's coming through you know evil people perpetuating their their junk on our families yes. like there needs to be a noble defender yes and sometimes that no defender needs to go to, for example, the the, the um, you know the the school board meetings and go, what are you teaching my kids? Which we're seeing people rising up there, right? Yeah. Um, right. And you know sometimes it's uh, the noble defender who who says you know you know about what's on the internet to their to their to their children or to their family and says, hey, we won't be watching this and we aren't mm -hmm. you know it's like it's yeah. in other words sometimes. Spiritual warfare that really is spiritual is, has a practical ramification that needs a noble resistor. Right, right. That isn't just why well, stay in my bedroom and pray. No, yeah. And so, and then on Sunday morning, I was like, okay, we have a mixed audience. We're not just talking to men, right? Yeah. We're also talking to 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 matriarchs and patriarchs, and mm -hmm. we're talking to single people, single and, people, and mm -hmm. and so you know, I think that. I think that it's real easy in the name of Christ to become a doormat, uh, you know, instead of a bridge. Hmm. Yeah. You know, where I just, I just let everybody roll over me in the name of loving turning them. the other cheek and uh. loving, you know, and I think that love has, love has two sides. And we've yeah. talked about this before, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a dual-edged sword. Totally. It has compassion, but it also has confrontation. Mm -hmm. And we see that so much in the life of Jesus, right. where incredible compassion, you know, Jesus was moved by compassion. That's how he did miracles, right? 
saw the, 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 the crowds of sheep with no shepherd. Right. But on the other side, he certainly didn't have any problem being the noble defender of the kingdom. Yeah. And when somebody was, you know, perpetuating evil into the temple or into, you know, into uh, his own his own team, uh, he, like, what are you thinking? And hey, Satan, get behind me you know, to Peter and mm-hmm. you know uh, J- James and John, like, you know, what spirit are you of? And like, yeah. he had no problem being the noble defender of the kingdom and right. saying to the boys, you know. Guys, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Yeah. So you know, I think it. I think that spiritual warfare has, it it it, it is about prayer. And of course, we wrote a book about it called Spiritual uh, Spirit, Spirit Wars. Wars yeah. But it isn't. It 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 is about prayer. It is about prophecy. It is about you know, um, uh, spirit spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. We have been given, as I wrote in my post, yeah. some very special. We've been. We have some very special uh, tools, right, to defend ourselves against demonic warfare. Yeah, yeah. But we also have some very special tools that we've been trained with in the Bible to actually. And we have been a commission. If somebody offends you, go to them. If yeah. you offend somebody, uh, if you know that someone has an offense against you, go to them. Yeah. And so you know we have these these very special tools where. You know, if you and I have a problem, I, I don't have permission to tell 10 people. Well, I have permission to go talk to you. Mm-hmm. I have very special tools right. for, for a like redemptive. Biblical reason. Yeah, biblical ways of handling Exactly. That, mm-hmm. that can close the door of, de- of the demonic realm to us because right. offense opens the door to the demonic realm in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we carry offense against one another, yeah. we have opened the door demonic realm to the demonic realm yeah and the, the the closed door isn't just I pray for you and you pray for me in our in, in my bedroom by myself mm-hmm. in your bedroom by yourself right. but then we actually sit down and go hey I have this thing against you like right. I, I'm offended that you did this right and we and we come to an understanding and that yeah. closes the door right yeah so anyway I think that's that's what I was trying to say but I was trying to do it with a little you know, catchphrase, and I think people are sometimes, yeah, people get confused in the, yeah, in such a short amount of words, but I have some other follow-up question to that, because I think I've heard you speak on the, in regards to offense in relationship, being a doorway for the demonic, right? So basically being a doorway for spiritual warfare to come, which is already an issue in relationship, but sometimes people ask, um, so what if I've already worked through that, right? Like I've already have asked for forgiveness or have forgiven the person, but I still feel sad when I think about them or I still feel yeah. angry when I think about them. Like, have I left a door open? Have I closed it? Like, what does that well, look like? I think that forgiveness is the first step in, in the healing of the heart. It's not the last step. Great point. So I think that, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, you know, I go to the doctor because I have, um, you know, I have a cancerous tumor and he removes the tumor. Yeah. Okay. And I, I'm like, oh, I, I'm hurting because I've been cut. Yeah. The tumor's been removed. Now right. there's a recovery, right? Yes. And, and just because I still have pain there doesn't mean I still have the tumor. That's good. And so there's a recovery process. And yes. sometimes that recovery process you know, requires some things that I have to work out in myself. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, the recovery process is to rebuild trust. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the recovery process is to create some a little bit of distance and say, you know, it's like you and you and I are like oil and water in a room. Like we, you know, it's like our personalities clash and mm-hmm. it's like we we come to a place of peace and where we're like I forgive you, forgive me. But it doesn't mean that everybody has to have, you know, a great social presence in our life mm. do, you know now talking about husband or wife or yeah you know, it's a different thing but you know I, I don't have to be buddy buddy with with everybody, everybody. in my mm-hmm. life you know right right that's a really good point mm-hmm. okay we have some questions coming in um someone has asked let's see well in regards to community they've just this is kind of what we're talking about in regards to relationship and community is um i have just moved to a new state and what is the best way to build community healthy community maybe some practical tips for that person yeah um what comes to your mind man well the first things i would i think in building community is finding people that you want to be around or be like in the first yeah. place. So it's looking for the people that you admire. And sometimes I think really practically mm-hmm. is telling, is almost taking the pressure off that community has to happen overnight because community's mm-hmm. built, right? So yeah, trust. You, right, it's through time. And I think even in myself, even moving here and then having finishing school and so many friends leave and I'm, you know, newly married. There was a level of like, oh my goodness, this season, I'm, where's my community and how do I go about this? And thinking it just needed to happen overnight, but having to remember, oh, all the other seasons where I had really great community, it was years of building history yeah. with people your where you learned to trust them and church people yeah, that you exactly. grew up with or whatever. Yeah. So it's having disgrace for yourself mm-hmm. that that might not happen overnight and it might be trial and error. You might find people that you think are really great and then that relationship and friendship doesn't actually go yeah. to where you thought it would go. But practically just asking people, you know, to spend time together, initiating those um, meetups or connect points with people. It's good. I, I think that I would add to that, you, you know, for example, I, I'm not looking to build community at the bar. Mm. Yep. You know, so so I, I, I am finding healthy environments yeah. that are attracting other healthy people. Right, yeah. Uh, and I think that that's really important. And sometimes I'll say this. Uh, let's see, how do I say this? <laughs> sometimes what I need isn't what I want. Yep. Sometimes if I'm a little unhealthy, mm-hmm. it kind of feels great to hang around with other unhealthy people. Mm-hmm. Like the bar scene feels healthy when I'm the healthiest person among a whole bunch of unhealthy people. Mm-hmm. But when I step into, let's say, a, a healthy community, a, a, a spiritual community, yeah, I don't feel so comfortable there. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't feel wanted. It's like, no, maybe I don't feel like I fit. Yeah, because the Lord is working on the journey of my heart. Yep. So that I will fit. Yeah. Yep. Does that make sense? That's great. Yeah. So I'm hanging around people that are unhealthy, and I and I kind of feel like, well, I fit because you know it's kind of collect, it's kind of What's comparative righteousness. Yeah, I'm comfortable. Yeah. But then I hang around really healthy people, which is what I need, but uh-huh. I, I feel out of place. Yeah. 
It's interesting. It's making me even think like, is are the people around you challenging you or are you just mm. settling with where you're at? Because they're settled with where they're at. Yeah. You know, I feel a little prophetic thing kind of coming on me right this second. And mm -hmm. that, that is, I feel like there are people who will watch this that they move to another place or city to change, to actually bring change to their life. Mm -hmm. But then they're migrating back to the same kind of, can I say exaggerated probably a little bit, but to the cesspool of mm -hmm. sameness yeah, because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I want to say to those people, like you, you moved or you migrated because you're looking for a change. And that means you have to be uncomfortable before you get comfortable yes. with people who are healthier than you, yes. which is actually what we all need yes. to actually move our lives forward. It is. Yeah. So what I, what I need and what I want are sometimes not the same thing. Right. And I have to listen to the Holy Spirit in me that says, Hey, when you go to church on Sunday, you might feel dirty when you walk in there because mm -hmm. you've lived in, you've been living a compromised life. But yes. what you need is some friends who hopefully are not living a compromised life. Right. Right. So that you can, you know, kind of what, what would you call it? Draft in their in their momentum. Yes. Yeah. And build momentum for yourself. That's right. Great. It's like the mm -hmm. first time you go to the gym, and, and you know you're you're overweight or you're out of shape, and you mm -hmm. and you're you're hanging around with a bunch of people that go every week or right. go several times a week. You're and it's out like of shape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one there. When I pull on, I pull over my my gym my gym clothes. Uh huh. You know, it's it's not showing my, you know, my six pack. You know? But <laughs> right. like, what what you need and what you want are often not quite the same. You that's know? a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I feel the Lord on really on that right. for some folks. Makes you even reevaluate too. Like you've already made the decision to do something so big as move, pick up, make yeah, a big change, migrate. Maybe it's just across town or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then find yourself like sliding back into just ways that you were trying to grow in. It's so, uncomfortable to grow. It is uncomfortable. Like if you're not uncomfortable a lot, you're not really growing. Mm -hmm. I, I say that to me, I say it to all of us, like mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable to grow. Right. You know, coming out of COVID, I've shared this many times, but you know, it's my custom now to get up around six, six thirty, mm -hmm. where my normal was seven, seven thirty. Uh-huh. And it's like that extra hour I, I don't love getting up early, yeah. but, but I feel the Lord, you know, really calling me mm -hmm. like you want to, you want to grow your people. You got to grow you. Mm. Uh, and good. so I remind myself that I'm up early, not just for me, but for the impact that I can have on our community. Yeah. That's and I really think good. it's important, but it's not comfortable. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. I love that. On a similar note, somebody asked, how do you call your brother or sister in Christ out in love if you see them not acting Christ-like, right? So how do we mm -hmm. call each other to a higher standard? That can be tricky if you're not very confrontational, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there's wisdom in, in how to do it, though. I think it's a great, it's a really great question. It is a great question. It probably doesn't deserve one answer either, because you go, okay, here's a, a one plus one equals two, but not always in relationship. Yeah. Because, you know, I have to ask myself the question, well, first of all, if I'm afraid to confront, then, I, then I'm probably always going to answer this question that I'm not the right person. Uh -huh. But the question I think is, am I the right person? 
to confront it in the yeah I'm, I'm i would confront it in prayer yeah for sure yeah but am i the right person mm -hmm. because i only have as much influence in people's lives as they have value for me right and you know some people like we were talking about family sometimes family has a high value for you if you stay in your lane but not necessarily high value for you over here yeah. like right so it's like they would love you they die for you but they're maybe not looking for your input mm -hmm. so i think that you know i think it's wisdom to say am am i the person who's called to do that yeah. and it doesn't mean that my fear of confrontation will go away if if the answer there is yes yeah yeah i'm really not looking to get out of talking to them mm -hmm. i'm just asking do they have enough value for me that this is going to actually move this forward do yeah. i have this place in their life that's a really good question mm -hmm. yeah i love that that's great and then and then i think it's good to not be accusational i think it's good to ask questions like right you know i, I don't walk in and say hey you know i feel like you're not being christ-like you know I, I i don't know what you were thinking when you said that i i think it's better to give them the benefit of the doubt in a question format that's great and yeah. say, you know, what were you, you know, what, you what are you feeling or what are you what thinking happened? or what's happening or mm -hmm. are, are you doing okay? Yeah. And come with compassion and caring rather than accusation and judgment. Yeah, that will never go well. Never goes well. Mm -mm. And even though you might be right, right, you know, that person might be totally on the wrong track and it'd be totally have a demonic attitude, but yeah. it doesn't lure them into get you giving them any kind of fuller motion. No, right? they'll just feel attacked. They won't feel confronted. Exactly. Those are two different things. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, kind of a different vein, but somebody's asked in some... Oh, veins. Yeah, different veins. We're getting them in the blood. <laughs> in some cultures where men are more passive and holding back, how do you encourage them to become to come to biblical principles on men being initiators besides being protectors and providers. So maybe what does it look like to be a biblical man beyond just protecting and providing? Well, uh, again, I think that depends on the role, but let's say your wife, let's say, I, I mean, I kind of read that as like, hey, my husband or, oh, okay, yeah. you know, and it's like, if what what I need from my wife is actually some information about what she needs from me. Yes. Like, I remember a circumstance when we were young and young, young marrieds mm -hmm. that there was a family member in her family that attacked me, mm. and she sat by quietly. Mm. And I was like, really hurt yeah. that it was her place to say, say Hey, that's my husband. And so, you know, and when we got home, I said, you know, that was pretty hurtful. She's like, yeah, I know he shouldn't have said that. I said, no, what was really hurtful was that you sat quietly mm. and you you allowed that conversation to take place without there being a noble defender, which yeah. is what I was talking about Sunday. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are times to be a noble defender, like to actually say, hey, George, that's okay. hey, that's my husband. Mm -hmm. And I remember... Um, this uh, woman who was in our church, this is probably like two years after that, uh, came into uh, a bit, the business that Kathy and I were in, and she said, hey, I want to have a conversation with you. And she started telling me, like, I don't like the way you treat your wife. And she's going on like this, right? Mm. And, uh, and, and Kathy was in, in, another, in another room, but the door was open. She could hear. And, you know, and I was just like listening, and I was thinking, wow, I, 
I thought I was really being good to my wife. And my wife came out, Kathy came out of the office and she's like, Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I have a great relationship with my husband and he's always honored me. And I, uh, you know, and I was like a noble defender. Like there, Uh there are times to to stand up and say something. Mm -hmm. And And I think it was great that she, like we had a conversation a couple years earlier. Hey, this is what I need from you. Yeah. And you know, if you do agree that you aren't being treated well, I need that feedback from you. Right. So I think you know sometimes our our spouses need good feedback. Like I need this from you. Yeah. Because we're all in this learning process, you know. Totally. Totally. And I think that part of what your maybe your husband needs is, hey, baby, I need you to initiate sex. I need you to initiate conversations with our kids when they're when they're out of line. I need you to initiate you know the the taking care of the finance. Yeah. Like like I sort of initiate everything when the kids do something wrong, I'm the one who corrects them and I I I need us to share this role. Right. And and sometimes oftentimes I'm there thinking, "Well, you're so much better at that." Yeah. And, and maybe you are because you do it all the time and because I've relegated the role to right, you. Right, because I haven't done it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then right. you know, our intimate life is all about you initiating it. Your, our, our life with our kids is all about you initiating mm-hmm. it. You know, our life and finance is all about you initiating it. And I just feel like, well, that's obviously your role. Yeah, yeah. Not realizing that you would like us to share the responsibility and authority mm-hmm. of, of whatever that is. Yeah. That's really good. That is really good. Um, okay. Somebody has asked, when is it okay to walk away from friendship, from a friendship? What, what do you think about <laughs> that? Uh, I have some strong opinions, but I, you're, you? you're such a good friend. I, I wonder what you would think about that. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, I, well, let me question you. Let me ask you yes. a question. Is there a time to walk away from a friendship? Maybe that maybe that's a question that should start. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously there are scenarios where it's for your own health and <laughs> welfare. Welfare, and yeah, you have to cut ties in that relationship. And I think, golly, that's hard. I'm like somebody that would like I would choose the same five friends and stick with them for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so hard in the shifting of seasons for yeah. me with friends. Yeah. Um. So I understand the pain of that, but I also think about situations with friends when there has been a season, sh- a season shift and there's almost like tension and pain that happens in the relationship mm-hmm. because there's been no conversation about the shift of season. And so you end up just not meeting expectations on both sides because you actually just have two different ideas of what your friendship is going to look like in this season. Where your life is going. Yeah. <laughs> And I had to have really hard conversations where we just, man, I just don't know if we're actually going to be at the same depth or the Mm -hmm. same um, consistency of friendship as we were in a previous season. And it doesn't mean you mean any less to me. It's just simply, it's a change of season. And I, you know, I'll forever love you, but I don't have the capacity in this season to call you every day like I did in the last season, whatever it is. And it actually leaves room to go, oh, like relief, like oh man, okay, you still feel, we're now just on the same page. Mm -hmm. I still really love you. But then I do think there's other times where you're like, man, like it's just a repetitive cycle in the friendship that's obviously not healthy, right? 
You're like, I'm, I'm so, constantly getting hurt by you. I've confronted this with you many times. You have other people that have had the same experience with you. So I know it's not just my stuff coming up, right? And then I think there is a, yeah. is a point when you're like, man, I really do have to set a boundary here. And I, I just can't have you in my inner circle like that anymore. And obviously, it's, you don't need to like burn bridges. But there's a level of you're just you don't have the same level of influence and participation in my life than previously. You know, Jesus made some really harsh comments like, mm-hmm. like I was just reading the other day. I think it's in the book of Luke, but I think it's in two or three of the Gospels where this man says, I want to follow you, but please let me first bury my dad. Mm-hmm. And one guy says in one place, he says, let me go say goodbye to my dad. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. Mm-hmm. Come and follow me. Mm-hmm. And then Ten. Jesus goes on to say, you know, I, you think I come and to one group of people. He said, you think I came to bring peace, but I actually came to bring a sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mother will be against her daughter, a father against his son. And, and I'm like, well, obviously that's not the standard for everybody. But yeah. Jesus speaking to people that I would assume, you know, let's say like your whole family is like, I don't know, they're cultists or they're Jehovah's Witnesses or they're, Something and it's like you know it, it's like if you, it you know and you you find Christ mm-hmm. and 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 at some point they're like well it's either us or him and it's like okay it's going to be him mm-hmm. because my entire family is you know steeped in this you know cult or occult yeah. and the only way out you know the only way out like the only way out is for me to like really just leave my family behind right and I'm talking about not your wife or husband mm-hmm. so I, I think there and then there there are times that you just spoke you just spoke to too and that is you know maybe we're childhood friends I, I'm thinking of someone right now that we were childhood friends and I found Christ and he was still very much in my life pulling me the other direction and mm-hmm. I felt the Lord I was probably 18 when the Lord's like you, you choosing me means you're not choosing him mm-hmm and as you said, very difficult, but it's like my friend is is actually keeping me from moving on in Christ mm-hmm. because he is resisting everything that has to do with my relationship with God. Yeah. So I think those are some obvious times, right? Right. Painful, but Painful. obvious. Yeah, but yeah, tricky. Totally. Somewhat of a follow-up question is, um, how do you set boundaries with people that are not receptive of boundaries you've probably experienced that before yeah, i mean i've had people set boundaries with me and, I, and i've mm. set boundaries with other people i think right. boundaries i think there there are natural boundaries like there are things that you say and don't say with certain people yeah there are you know there are there are things deemed sexual harassment in the workplace because people don't like what I would say to my spouse right. or my close, you know, man friend right. is inappropriate with That's what true. I would say at the workplace with women, you know, and that they're right. there and the law goes and the law goes, here's a boundary totally. because, and sometimes and, and like we have to go as leaders, we have to go to sexual harassment classes because, and we're, <laughs> we're right. watching this and I'm like, well, that's sexual harassment. Like, like it doesn't feel like sexual harassment, but like that is a broken boundary. Yeah. That the law is actually saying this is a boundary. You shouldn't be talking about this subject with these people. Right. And because there are in society has so lost its boundaries, 
the government in some cases has to come in and say these these conversations are not appropriate are inappropriate yeah in the workplace so you know that's one side right mm, yeah but i say also there is sometimes the law is doing something well let's well, we'll stay with this mm-hmm. sometimes the law is doing something that people need to do and go hey that's an inappropriate conversation please don't include me in that yes yes and I think sometimes it we just have to learn sometimes that you got to bite your tongue. You gotta tame it. Oh, tame your tongue. <laughs> you got to put that sucker on a leash because mm-hmm. you know we we get we, sometimes we just say whatever's on our minds or whatever's in our heart mm-hmm. externally process in a way that's not healthy with people. Yes. You know, as we just said, engage in subjects that are not like appropriate. Right. What do you think? Yeah. Oh man, setting boundaries. I took away the thunder. He just took the thunder and he rolled with it. Um, Wow, setting boundaries with people that are not receptive of boundaries—that's hard Mm -hmm. because, man, (laughs) I don't like to hurt people. And so when you're putting up a boundary because you've been hurt or you're trying, you know, you're trying to protect the relationship—that's the goal of a boundary. and you actually feel like it's pulling away, I have to remind myself, oh, this is actually creating an environment where we can actually connect. Because what's happening Mm -hmm. is the current boundary we have is actually just causing a ton of disconnect. And in order to connect with you well, I need to establish this boundary and it might be painful at first. And I think I've I've had to set boundaries with people before Mm -hmm. where they're not receptive, Mm -hmm. right? Because it hurts sometimes when people set boundaries or you're like, oh gosh, I didn't even know or feel that way or have any clue. But I would say, um, because this specifically is about people that have not, that have not been receptive to them, I would say is holding your ground because it actually is mm-hmm. establishing a way that somebody can connect with you. And it's just, it is protecting both hearts in that it's protecting mm-hmm. connection. And so I don't know. I would say it is important to establish those for both people, for both people's health, because you'll benefit the other person in their other relationships as well. Yeah. Sometimes we have to set a strong boundary that isn't protecting our relationship. That's actually saying we don't have a relationship and we're yeah. not going to have one, right? Right. It's the end of the that, friendship. That, that's <laughs> in, in, if we had a friendship with uh-huh. people, you know. Mm-hmm. I I'd say you know in my in our life we have this dynamic because we live in a very small community mm-hmm. of ninety thousand people and our church is ten thousand people. It's it's really hard to move around in this community at times. People yes. are really loving and kind. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're the opposite. Uh huh. And you know sometimes they're like, hey, can you pray for me? Hey, can you? And it, it's hard to like it's hard to have a shopping day. Without seeing everybody. Well, without stopping and praying six or seven times right. for people. And I think it's it's hard to have a, a personal life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, I think that even that is like, hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm having a day off with my wife today and mm-hmm. trying my best to, you know, be present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes people are like, oh, I tithe to Bethel Church and you should, you know. Mm. Sometimes uh, in my life, you know, uh, there's strong. There's not sometimes a strong line between your public person and your public property. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and I think for some leaders, that's it's really hard to say. 
I have to, I cannot meet everybody's need all the right. time, 24 That's a seven. really good point. Yeah. It's a really good point. Okay, we're almost at time, so okay. I'm just gonna ask this one last follow-up question because it's in, it's in line with this whole okay. conversation. As you mentioned, Jesus saying, let the dead bury the dead. What mm -hmm. does that mean? Uh, it means that there are people that refuse to go on in the kingdom that you are so connected to, mm. so connected to, yeah, yeah, yeah. that the only way for you to move on is to cut that connection. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, there are family members who, you know, you find Christ and you were best, you were best buds, mm -hmm. but they do drugs and they they you know they're in the bars and they're in the strip clubs and they're and it's like and, and you find that hey i want to be in this relationship to have influence with you but then you find that actually you're not pulling them up they're pulling you down yeah. and at some point you're like you, you you can't even set healthy boundaries you're like you're a completely unhealthy person mm -hmm. who doesn't want to get healthy by the way right who doesn't want to get healthy yeah uh, it's not like I'm in your life and I'm I'm helping you along, like find the way, like I found the way, and and you know, and Jesus is very clear about that. He's yeah. very clear, like there are times to let the dead bury the dead. Yeah. Interesting because two chapters after he says, you know, uh, about my father, let me go back and bury my father. Let the dead bury the dead. Two chapters later, I think it's two chapters later, he says, honor your mother and father. And I'm like, okay, here it is. Here's the tension of the scripture. There are times when I to honor my mother and yeah. father, no matter if they're believers or not. Yeah. And there are other times when there are just circumstances where my family is just, they're just an anchor in a bad way mm -hmm. for me following my heavenly father. Yes. Like I cannot follow my heavenly father and have a relationship with him. It's just right. that bad. Right, right. And the Lord's like, well, when it comes to that, ties. I got to cut the tie. Yeah. And those are, those are tough painful painful yeah yeah hard oh man i feel like we just covered that extra 10 array. minutes was really helpful though it was helpful yeah i like it we got through lots of things today well do you want to pray for those watching yeah today? lord we just we pray for all these things that we just talked about having wisdom to know when to honor <laughs> and when to cut ties and right lord being able to have the courage to mm -hmm. do what we what we need instead of just what we want and Lord, I just pray for us to have wisdom and courage, wisdom and courage. And I pray for us to move deeper and deeper into relationship with you so that we have more capacity to love other people, so that we have more patience, more kindness, more gentleness. We have the fruits of the Spirit because we actually have a relationship with the Holy Spirit yeah. that, is, that sometimes is it costs us, like there is sacrifice to that. Mm -hmm. And I bless everyone who's on here. I bless the people who are, you know, really follow us and are really love us. And I and I bless the people who are new to us. And I even bless the people who get on here to create some kind of tension with mm -hmm. us. That you, God, that you would that you would bless them and and that they would get something out of what we're saying here. God bless you all. Yes. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.